Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, whether you're doing it on cnjradio.com, home of Rock Strikes 10, the flagship of the Wrestling House Show, and of course the Synaptic, or whether you're doing it on iTunes, subscribing so you never miss one single show, and leaving a comment on the comment page. That really helps me out a lot. Thank you, everybody regardless of how you're listening to this. All right. Much like I did on the last episode where I did the odds and ends, uh, it's become kind of a standard of Rock Strikes 10. And another thing that's become quite the standard that I will continue to do for as long as I do the show, it's time for another volume of The Fallen. These are 10 more deaths in the music and rock and roll community. Uh, regardless of what kind of music they played, they contributed to music, so that makes them important. Whether, whether or not they were a household name before they died or whether they were one even afterwards does not matter. Not here on Rock Strikes 10. We're going to talk about them all. First guy up here, a guy named Dick Dodd. Now, Dick Dodd was considered the American Mick Jagger in the mid to late 60s. He was in a band called the Standells, which, uh, for those of you especially up in the New England area, the Boston area, you know the song Dirty Water, their big hit. Huge, huge song. And, uh, you know, of course, I mean, I think most people have heard that song. So I'm not going to play Dirty Water. Uh, actually, one of the only other Standell songs that I have, honestly, uh, is via the Nuggets box sets. And uh, it's a great collection if you don't have it. Uh, the Nuggets is law. You got it. I, I think it's uh, it's essential. And this is another thing where you can find uh, not the obvious hit. So my favorite Standell song on this collection is a song called Sometimes Good Guys Don't Wear White. So here you go, in tribute to the late great Dick Dodd who died on November 29, 2013. This is the Standells with Sometimes Good Guys Don't Wear White. <laughs> Standells, featuring now their late great lead singer Dick Dodd. He was age 68. According to his bio here, he was an early member 
of the Mickey Mouse Club in the 50s when he was nine years old. Crazy. So uh, there's there's another fun fact there for you. Uh, but there you go. Rest in peace, Dick Dodd. Going to move on here to the next one. Just a few months after his 75th birthday, Phil Everly of the Everly Brothers died uh, back here on January 3rd. Massively, massively influential act the Everly Brothers were. Don't believe me? You can ask the Beatles or the Beach Boys. Of course, Simon and Garfunkel. Uh, just tons of acts. Many people that just listening to their stuff, you wouldn't even realize that the Everly Brothers had an influence on them. It's all over the history of rock and roll. People like Keith Richards, all the way to Billy Joe Armstrong. Love the Everly Brothers. Great band, an influential band. Uh, the songs, the songs are timeless. So, uh, what to play? Uh, right now, I'm feeling this song. So, let's go with it. This is the Everly Brothers with Claudette. Oh, oh, Claudette. Oh, oh, Claudette. I got a brand new baby and I feel so good. She loves me even better than I thought she would. I'm on my way to her house and I'm pulling out of breath. And when I see her tonight, I'm gonna squeeze her to death. Well, all that pretty little pet Claudette never made me fret, Claudette. the most famous death that we're going to talk about on this show tonight but there you go that was phil everly and of course with his brother there don and there you go that was the everly brothers with claudette hope you enjoyed that like i said i could have played anything by him i remember i played uh the original version which is their version of love hurts which is of course a massive song i played that on a past episode so go look that up yeah it's it's very sad but uh, yeah, it said he had like a bronchitis and emphysema, lifetime of smoking. So there you go, not good, especially if you're a singer. I, I don't understand that, but yeah, all right. Uh, but it's still extremely sad. All right, moving on here. Next person we're going to talk about a gentleman by the name of Jay Trainer. Now, Jay Trainer actually is the Jay from Jay and the Americans. Uh, I'm not going to play you anything by them because I found this really cool track. Uh, from a band that Jay was in prior to Jay and the Americans, a band called the Mystics, doo-wop group here, and he's saying lead on this, one of their bigger hits from the Mystics. Maybe you don't know the Mystics. I wasn't terribly familiar with them, but I have a few things by them, so I want to share this with you. So here you go. This is the Mystics featuring the now late great Jay Trainer with Blue Star. Blue Star Blue star, you are the star of love. 
1960. That was the Mystics featuring Jay Trainer on lead vocals there. That was Blue Star. Hope you enjoyed that. Uh, Jay died on January 2nd of this year at age 70 and uh, said he had liver cancer and he died at a hospital in Tampa, Florida. Very sad, very sad way to go. He was still working uh, pretty much till the very end. He wound up taking a gig with the uh, whatever current version of the Tokens was going on there so he was a member of that band and like I said it pretty much never stopped working even when he wasn't uh, making his living in music he never stopped working so you gotta respect that so there you go rest in peace Jay Trainer. moving on here next artist we're gonna go to something completely different which is kind of a motif when we do the Fallen episodes uh, but classic classic Jamaican reggae artist Junior Mervin died on December 2nd 2013 at 67 and uh, he'd been suffering from diabetes and hypertension, they said. Uh, Junior, he's not terribly well-known, you know, even just to the, the, the Fairweather fan. You know, even someone like me. I was very aware of him even before this because he's got a pretty iconic song in the annals of music history. So it's very important that we talk about Junior Mervin. Uh, his most well-known song is a song that The Clash actually covered on their debut album and it definitely overshadowed the original but obviously I don't think that was their intention they're obviously just fans of reggae music you can of course tell in all the Clash records that they're massive reggae fans and this is a really cool song uh, produced by another legend Lee Scratch Perry it's 1976 so maybe you never heard the original version of this but here you go the song that the Clash made famous this is Junior Mervin with police and thieves. Will be hear me. All the cry- 
1976, just one year before The Clash recorded it, that was Junior Mervin with Police and Thieves. Hope you enjoyed that. Very, very cool stuff. Alright, uh, the next guy here we're going to talk about, a guy, uh, unfortunately I wasn't familiar with him at all. Uh, speaking of bands that covered a song and made it more famous, uh, this is another one of those instances. I was not aware of Rex Garvin. Uh, and, until I came across him here in the obits, uh, but the, all the stuff I've heard from him since then, just awesome. Really cool American R&B singer. Uh, he did a lot of different things. He was a singer, songwriter. He was a keyboard player, and he got a lot of arranging credits. So you know, it's like hands-on kind of guy. And I had heard one of his bigger hits uh, for years and years and years, but uh, I knew it as a special song. They they covered his song. This song goes all the way back to 1966. This is an awesome song, so check it out. And obviously a tribute to James Brown. This is Socket to Him, JB. Are you ready for this? I told you it was coming. Who? JB. And he's ready to sock it to you one time. enjoyed that. That was Rex Garvin with Socket to Him, JB. Great song. I'm going to have to look for some more Rex Garvin and pick it up because I've, like I said, I, I've liked everything that I've heard so far by him. So It's a shame that I have to find out about some of these people in death, but that's just the way it is. Uh, if you're familiar with British prog rock and you're a massive fan of it and you dig deep, then this was a hard death for you. Uh, a band I was somewhat familiar with them, but I once again haven't haven't really dove in there. 
but everything I've heard so far, I, I like. And it sounds cliche at this point, but it's absolutely true. Very cool sounding band, very ahead of its time. A band called Caravan. They're from Hern Bay, Kent, England. And their founding drummer and a longtime drummer never left the band. A guy named Richard Coughlin. And, like I said, started the band in 1966 and remained an official member until the day he died on December 1st, 2013. And that's commitment, that is love, and massive respect there for Richard Coughlin. Uh, I was doing some research prior to this, uh, basically just looking up any article I could find out about him, about his influence, and basically it kept coming back to this particular song. I was only able to find a live version of it, but... Uh, you know, as far as being able to buy legitimately, so that's what I do, and so, yeah, this is a song, and it's a long one, like I said, they're British prog, so this is going to be the longest song on the show here tonight, a little over nine minutes long, they said this is the song that defines Richard as an influential drummer from that era, it's a song called A Hunting We Shall Go, hope you enjoy.
right, there you go. Hope you enjoyed that. That was Caravan with The Hunting We Shall Go. And I got that off of a Live at the BBC session called The Show of Our Lives. And uh, so if you're interested in Caravan, the stuff I've heard on that sounds really good. So recommend it. And uh, there's just something about that era whenever people really started experimenting with their music. Going for some odd time signatures. It said that he was using a 198 time signature. So for those of you who took music, that's impressive right there. All right, moving on here. The next guy we're going to talk about is a guy whose real name was Dennis Fredrickson, although his professional name, more famously known as Fergie Fredrickson, and uh, something interesting I, I thought on his bio, he, very few people can say that they had a hand in three hit singles in three consecutive years, and I think that's really cool. So he had a hand in Survivor's American Heartbeat, 1982, LaRue's Carrie's Gone in 83, and Toto's Stranger in Town from 1984. At least that's what his bio says. I don't know how well they charted, but, you know, those are pretty decent hits for those particular bands. Uh, he wound up getting the Toto gig after Bobby Kimball got fired by the band, uh, and he wound up finishing up that album Isolation that they put out in 1984, and that's where Stranger in Town comes from. But he also had a hand, like, like I said, when Survivor was at their peak, in 82 American Heartbeat but uh, I looked up this band LaRue I had never heard them before honestly I thought they had a pretty appealing sound especially for the time uh, come to find out that they started up in the 70s in my hometown Baton Rouge Louisiana so I'm already a little bit more interested than I normally would be uh, and like a lot of other bands around the 70s that, that were uh, slightly more prog based or, or very much like doing a hybrid of styles and after a while, it's kind of like, well, they want to write some hit songs, so they start going a little more commercial-based. So uh, Fergie Fredrickson gets hired in the early 80s whenever they decide that they're going to be more radio-friendly. So he came in to the LaRue and sang on this album called So Fired Up. And I'm going to play the title track off of that. And like Logan might say, painfully 80s to uh, him and maybe some of you out there. But I think it's a lot of fun. So here you go. For Fergie Fredrickson, this is LaRue with So Fired Up. <laughs>
Alright, there you go. That was LaRue featuring lead vocals by Fergie Fredrickson. That was so fired up off of their album from 1981. Hope you enjoyed that. I also found out that he had a hand, along with Jonathan Kane, actually, a Journey's keyboardist. They wrote some songs for the first Terminator movie soundtrack. So any of the uh, rock songs you hear, for the most part, in that movie are done by him and Jonathan Kane and a few of their friends. So there's, there's easily my favorite fact about him. So, all right, there you go. Moving on, next guy here we're going to talk about, and this is, I think this is probably the first time, at least as far as modern music goes, since I've been doing these shows, that somebody from over here in our neck of the woods, at least a guy that did most of his musical output out here in Dallas, Texas, uh, a guy named Benjamin Curtis, uh, he was in quite a few different bands out here, uh, mostly local famous bands, but... Benjamin Curtis, he actually wound up playing drums for a band you might know, Tripping Daisy, uh, between 1997 and 1999. Uh, but like I said, there were some bands around here in the local scene that he was a part of that definitely have a decent name. Uh, a few bands come to mind, like UFOFU and this band, The Secret Machine. So uh, I was not well-versed at all with most of anything that Benjamin had done. Uh, so I looked to my buddy Randy who, of course, is the host of the great Synaptic Podcast, which you should check out. And I asked him about Benjamin, and he had run into him a few times here and there, and he said, you definitely should put him on the show. So I asked him, what's your favorite thing that he ever played on? And it was this band that he founded, Secret Machines. So he uh, helped me out and hooked me up with this track. So thank you once again, Randy. This is Secret Machines with The Road Leads Where It's Led.
Alright, there you go. That was the Secret Machines with The Road Leads Where It's Led. That's from the 2005 EP of the same name. So there you go. That was for a local guy there, Benjamin Curtis. May he rest in peace. Uh, said he died December 29th, 2013 at the age of 35. He was living in New York City and he'd been diagnosed with T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma. So I guess obviously that's a form of cancer. Uh, and that's uh, just so sad. That's 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 terrible. And just looking at his bio here, of course, some of his friends got together and held a benefit concert in, in New York City last summer. And they had people from The Strokes and Interpol show up. So very cool, very classy. So there you go. All right, and the get-up contrast from Benjamin Curtis, a guy who got to live a very long and full life. A uh, guy who was very, very influential uh, and, and honestly, in a music genre I'm not that big of a fan of, which is folk music. Uh, but Pete Seeger died here at the end of January. On January 27th, he was 94 years old, born and died in New York City. And, you know, I would be remiss as any kind of music radio guy if I didn't pay at least some sort of tribute to Pete Seeger. Some people that I am a fan of are a fan of his. So, I'm going to go this route here, because uh, this is maybe a little obvious, uh, but ten years ago, about ten years ago, Bruce Springsteen put out an entire record of Pete Seeger covers, and in my opinion, this is the way I can really digest it, if I, if I must. So, this is obviously not the nicest tribute to Pete Seeger, but I do recognize the fact that it's important, and he was important. So, I'm not going to hate. All right. So here is Bruce Springsteen from the Seeger Sessions called We Shall Overcome. This is Jacob's Ladder. We are climbing Jacob's Ladder. We are climbing Jacob's Ladder. We are climbing
somehow you're a, a massive fan of folk music and protest music and you actually listen to my show I'm really not trying to be disrespectful that's just uh, how I wanted to represent Pete Seeger here on the fall of 2014 so there you go that was Jacob's Ladder from the Seeger Sessions I hope you enjoyed that everybody moving on here these death shows are hard man and so we're already up to the last song here on the show and Ah, you know, I actually, I was, I had to bump somebody off of this list because, you know, not that this guy wasn't important at all, and I just want to take the time out to give massive respect to a guy named David Richards, who was a producer and engineer and also a keyboard player. He played keyboards on the Ladder Queen records uh, from A Kind of Magic and on, and he had a, a, a big hand in the Innuendo record, which I, I love that record, so... I was going to play Innuendo for David. Uh, and then this happened. Uh, we find out today that Bob Cassell from Devo, Robert Cassell, has, has died. It's a damn shame. Uh, he was with the band from the beginning and remained in the band until today. But, you know, obviously he's always going to be a member. I, I realize that. Devo just, when I talked about this last year with Alan Myers dying, but what an influential band. I mean, they broke so much ground and he he's a massive part of that a, a massive part of that it's just uh that just really stinks and i i feel especially bad for his brother gerald uh gerald put out a statement today saying that he was the level-headed guy in the band that, that kept the peace and was always really up for performing and being a part of devo and and knowing how important devo was and everything and yeah, it's a shame. This is very fresh. This is today, actually, that this happened. So here on February 17, 2014, Bob Cassell dies at the age of 61. And uh, it said it was sudden, heart failure. Uh, so, yeah, it's it's uh, it stinks. Yeah. What, what else can I say? Maybe we could try to play some music here and feel a little better. That's uh, another reason why I do a show like this. It's hard, but... I think uh, music has the ultimate power of healing. Uh, going back, you know, of course, there's so many classic Devo records. I, you know, once again, I could play anything. Uh, wanted to do something extra special for Bob. Uh, their one of the their their comeback studio album from a couple of years ago, called "Something for Everybody," and this is actually a song that he wrote with Gerald together. So I think it's important that I play this track in particular. And it's a really fun song, so hopefully bring up the mood a little bit and uh, think about the good things. So here you go. This is Devo with Please Baby Please. <laughs>
Closing out the show here tonight, that is Devo with Please Baby Please from the 2010 record Something for Everybody. Sadly, the last thing that Bob Cassell was a part of. And who knows where the future lies for the band. He's obviously an important enough member. We'll see what happens at this point. Uh, I don't know. Uh, But yeah, I know Mark and Gerald are still heavily involved in the band. We'll just see where it goes from here. Either way, I will accept it. Uh, Yeah. And uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, I know there's a lot of people that really like these Fallen episodes. They're, They're hard to do, but I will always do them. Like I said, it's important that we talk about these people that uh, you know, thankfully it seems like Bob's getting a lot of love today but a lot of these people didn't when they died it's it's very sad alright, let me know what you think about these shows here please go to cnjradio.com with links to the Facebook and the iTunes feed and the Twitter and my personal email, joey at cnjradio.com if you use the iTunes link, please subscribe to the show and leave a comment on iTunes And, of course, on cnjradio.com, home of this show and the flagship The Wrestling House Show and The Synaptic featuring the great Randy Brown, a true alternative. Go check all of those shows out if you are so inclined. I would really appreciate it. All right, that's going to do it for this show. Well, obviously, uh, just because it has to be, the next show will be way more upbeat. Once again, I hope you enjoyed, and we'll see you on the next one. Have fun. Sun in the big room, man.